0: The divisional round preview show on the Pump Fake. Jarrett Bailey joined by my head honcho over at Touchdown Wire, Doug Farrar. It's good to see you. Man. God help you! <laughs> it's always good to see you, though. How are you? What's up? Yeah,
1: I'm. Uh, I don't know what kind of boss I am, but you're you're killing it, man. You're killing it all over the place. You you're like me in two thousand nine, where I wind up with uh, I think five different ten ninety nines.
0: Yeah, tax time is going to be a bitch and a half, but yes, you know it it's uh, it, it's worth it in the end. But I appreciate the uh, the kind words. I've got a few more helmets since the last time you were on. Since, I see. Uh,
1: I love the, the you know the vintage Broncos. That's where I grew up, so I'm all into that. Is thing.
0: it? I did not know. that. Is that, that uh, like AFL oh, no. over there? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So wheat. That's. What from the what '60s Oilers? I think. Yeah, I
1: have that? to do you a few points for the Tiger Stripe Bengals instead of just the, the helmet. That was my favorite. And it. Bengals, I was like so F- close. You know, Bengals,
0: <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so close to doing that, um, but that was actually a gift from one of my sisters because uh, she said, "Hey, I need Christmas ideas." I was like, "I want mini helmets." She's like, "Okay, well, give me a list of which ones you want," and that was one of them so the goal is to have like all 32 of some sort of vintage helmet the closest thing to the jaguars vintage or like throwback is that awful dual colored one with like oh, yeah. a mustard on the back that's that's the one that's sitting right there unfortunately
1: i but... love those ohio out- helmets and paul brown came up with both of them and came up with the browns because they were hilarious hate- and then he he gets fired by art modell way to go art he gets the <laughs> bengals in 68 and says well I can't have the least imaginative helmet of all time because I already did that. What's the right. second least, like second most boring? I'll just put freaking bangles on it and you know piss off.
0: And then um, yeah. I remember watching Mike Brown talk about that, like how I think it was model accused him of like stealing the design. He's like, "Well, who stole whose design now?" So it's you
1: painted a thing orange. I don't think that's a <laughs> copyright issue.
0: There's like that picture too of. Um, of Brown with like a bunch of different helmet concepts that look so much better. And he's just holding the bangles one that just says bangles. is like a giant, like, yeah, I'm using this. Get well, over it.
1: Given, given Mike Brown, he was probably confused by the number of helmets he was looking at.
0: Maybe, 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 but uh, we've got, so we've much got quite,
1: access for the rest of my life. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I, I think I've still got an in, I'll, I'll shoot Ken Anderson a text to make sure that, that, that everything's good.
1: Hall of fame, snub Kane Anderson, as far as I
0: absolutely. That's right. Absolutely.
1: Midwest offense.
0: Uh we got play of football to talk about. We do um, a lot of it. A lot of it. The uh the greatest weekend in football, the divisional round. Um at age eight, baby. First, first, um what's the game? First game of the weekend, Houston Texans at Baltimore Ravens. These two mm-hmm. played each other week one. Yeah, the Texans open as nine and a half point dogs. That seems a little bit hefty, but the Ravens are playing on what basically three weeks of rest because you know they didn't mm-hmm. didn't play a lot of starters in week 18. Week 17 was uh, whatever. But now, you know, at home, Houston coming off a brilliant performance against a Browns defense that was heralded as if not the best defense in football, one of the absolute best defenses in football this year, where CJ Stroud looked phenomenal going 16 to 21 and three touchdowns, tying the rookie record for touchdown passes in a playoff game. The defense had consecutive pick sixes. Um <sighs> I love this matchup for a variety of reasons. Um, for Houston, they aren't the same team that they were in week one. Um, oh, no.
1: There's there's very little to gain from that week one game because it was Stroud's first NFL game. It was Sloak's right. first game as his OC. Um, and there was preseason, but that doesn't really matter. Sure. And uh, you, remember,
0: you remember against the Patriots in the preseason, CJ Stroud threw a pick on his first drive, and everybody's like, oh, no, they got the wrong guy.
1: Right. They look. Yeah. um, But he threw in that game, he threw two passes over 20 air yards. Didn't complete either one of them since mm. week two, he is the most uh, prolific and most efficient deep passer in the NFL. That's and so the Ravens, cool. you know, I wrote about this uh, this morning. uh, In conjunction with the Cosell pod that, you know, all the Ravens defenders are like, yeah, he's not that guy anymore. We're, we're well aware. Um, So they're on point with that. Two interesting, well, a number of interesting things. They're, and it, it's probably not a coincidence that the two one seeds Jarrett do not have a specific coverage type. Mike McDonald
0: like, has been a king of just yes. disguises and moving guys around, and <laughs> he's made like he's turned Kyle Van Noy like a bunch of like different. I don't want to say bad players because they're not bad players, but it's not as if they're household names. He made Geno Stone uh, have a really good year, like he's his best season
1: by far. And where yes. the hell was Justin Matabrique before this year? Right. And I'm like head of his flank fan club his tape is preposterous <laughs> um but they don't have a coverage type you go to the browns game and i wrote about this before and after the game because it really kind of I didn't it was like what are you guys doing they um stroud cleveland came into the game with the most single high in the, the, the heavy 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 cover one which is man coverage with the single high safety mm-hmm. stroud has ripped that to shreds he has demolished cover one and they didn't change they had 16 17 snaps of cover one and in none of those snaps, and I watched them all. This is not me watching highlights and guesstimating. <laughs> I watched every single one of those snaps. On none of those, it was a single high, no disguise, no late movement. No, we're switching from two to one. We're going to cloud the picture. I found that astonishing. This will not happen in this game. Right. Um they, the Ravens have run single high coverage on 46.4% of their snaps this year, too high on 53.3, cover three, cover four, cover one, and cover six in that order. You don't know what you're going to get from snap to snap. They do it all well, and they're very adept with coverage switches. Well, now the Niners, to spin it forward a little bit, they have run 50% single high, 50% too high. I don't think it's a coincidence, Jarrett, that the two one seeds are very uh, amorphous in their coverages. They don't. They don't give you one thing. And I think in today's NFL, as Jim Schwartz will spend the offseason kind of thinking about, you can't just say, you know, we, we can't go legion of boom and say, F you, we're just going to run cover three all day. <laughs> um, even if you have, I mean, honestly, even if the Seahawks did that now, they couldn't, even if you have, you know, four or five future hall of famers, one of the best defenses of all time, right. even in, t- even 2014, even nine or 10 years ago, it was so different as far as what you present to the quarterback now, so the Ravens will present Stroud with all kinds of obstacles he has not seen before. That, that's, that's one big thing. The other big thing, Texan defense, better than you think. Derek Stingley yeah. is a legitimate number one matchup corner. Uh, he, um,
0: according to a, next-gen not, stats. The
1: Packers are kicking ass. They have a fantastic run defense. Uh, that's a fascinating matchup. The Texans run defense against the Baltimore Ravens run offense. Um, this is not, yeah. 9.5. I wouldn't know. I I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be within a touchdown.
0: Yeah. According to next gen stats, Stingley, uh, I think he had 35 snaps against Amari Cooper and he didn't allow a reception. Um, Jonathan Grenard has flown under the radar all season in terms of his sack production. He's played really well. Willie Anderson played well on that side of the ball. One thing that did stand out to me for the Texans, um, on defense, they've given up the most passing yards this season off play action. Guess mm-hmm. who has been really good off play action this year? Lamar Jackson. Mm. Um, so I expect Todd Munkin to really lean into that. And if they can sure. establish a run game early, then I'm a little bit worried about Houston, but I trust D'Amico Ryans to make those necessary adjustments when the time does come. Um, not having yeah, 10 yeah, jacks for Houston. Their but, defense. They are heavy cover for the Texas
1: defense, heavy cover four, heavy cover six.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: D'Amico Ryans. That's what he does. Um, and and Greg Hosell and I talked about this. We've talked a lot about four strong, where you have like trips or you motion the trips. Then the running back goes to that side. The Chiefs do this. The Packers did it for a touchdown uh, against the <laughs> Cowboys. Um, when you have quarters, and it's what it think, it's what you think it is. Y- each right. of those back defenders has the responsibility of quarter of the field. Well, if you cut the field in half and everyone's going four strong, it's four on two. Just naturally, that's the way it is. So your defense is at a disadvantage. I would expect. And the Ravens do this too. Roll Lamar right. I don't know. I, I guess Mark Andrews isn't playing, but likely's great as a tight end. Sure. Four strong. Get that moco loco going, man. And it's it's just hard to defend if you prefer quarters. And more teams like the Texans are playing more quarters and more quarter, quarter, half. So that's you know, I would say in a lot of these matchups, because the Niners do it too, the Packers do it too. Watch in quarters for the offensive coordinators to load one side of the field with four potential receivers.
0: I I do agree with you that this game is going to be within a touchdown, just because I believe in Stroud that much, and I think that he's proven that he is in terms of you know the quote unquote next in line for being one of no. these top quarterbacks. He's he's not, I mean, as as he's I'm not sure. even next in line. He's he's already there.
1: He's there. Yeah. He he busted down the door in the last month or so when he was healthy when he didn't have the concussion. My if concern, he didn't miss the two games with a concussion, he would have been a lot more in the MVP debate.
0: I was and, just about to bring that up. Exactly. Just about to bring that up. He he played well enough. Where I mean. I, who was it? I think it was um, a few people of you know Ryan Clark, Orlovsky both said he might be the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen, and he was on pace to shatter a bunch of these uh, you know, passing yards record, passer rating record, but the concussion obviously prevented that. I'm only worried about the fact that okay, they don't have Tank Dell. I believe Noah Brown is no is isn't playing in this game. So it's going to be Nico Collins or bust, seemingly. I mean, Xavier Hutchinson's going to have to really step up. They're going to need a lot of production from their, their depth of receiver.
1: Well, remember Dalton Schultz, and remember that Bobby Sloak comes from the Kyle Shanahan system all the way back to Washington. Um, yeah. Well, what does Kyle do? What does Mike McDaniel do in Miami? Um, what does Slowick do? Explosive plays out of heavy personnel. A lot of 13 a lot of three tight ends. The 75-yard bomb to Collins, that was in a 13 personnel. Collins mm. was the only receiver he ran that post from the left side. He was the only receiver yeah. on the field. Three tight ends to the right. And they I think they did run action, so Yeah, the they play
0: team, action on the first bowl. Oh
1: shit, we we don't know where we're going. Um <laughs> uh, but that's so yes, it would be better. Uh, Woods played last week, I believe. Uh, oh,
0: Bobby Trees.
1: Bobby Trees. So yeah, I it would be awesome. It, two guys in this game that I really wish were there was tank Dell and Keaton Mitchell, the Ravens Man. Right there, Cause I loved him in college and he was just balling out. But anyway, um, so I would expect a lot of 13. I would expect a lot of motion. Uh, the Ravens, you know, they're disciplined. They don't, they don't throw a lot of crazy stuff at you. It's just everyone's in the right place. And when they do blitz, um, it, it generally works with Kyle Hamilton or other people. And the linebackers are so sound. It's, you know, so it's not a passive defense, but they are going to try and bait Stroud into making mistakes. That could be the key to the game. And I don't know how many mistakes he's going to make because the guy just doesn't make them.
0: Yeah. You know, I
1: saw a rookie with this sort of understanding was Andrew Luck.
0: He only threw, what, five picks during the regular season? I think so. Um, yeah. And I think two of them came against the Cardinals. So, I mean, in terms of interceptions per game, he is. Yeah. He's played fantastic, and he's done a good yeah, job. The card Ganon,
1: the Ganon will throw some funky, effective stuff at you, as the Eagles right. discovered this year.
0: <laughs> Moving I should
1: on. Put in my ear for that, shouldn't I? Here we go. You should,
0: yeah, you should. There we go. should just we both. We should have both done Matt Patricia cosplay. That would have been a yeah, lot a of fun.
1: Beard and run shitty man coverage.
0: Cool. Absolutely. Nice. The Packers Packers and 49ers are the second Saturday game. Green Bay also opens up as nine and a half point dogs. I kind of feel the opposite about this game in terms of how I felt about Houston. I think that Jordan Love and the Packers offense are going to work like hell to keep them in it. I think even early on, like if they make like a splash play, yeah. like if they if they get the ball first and they score, I think everybody's gonna be like, oh my goodness, here it comes. Okay, and little that,
1: Packers. Oh, they? think and that. And, and then I mean, and then Kyle Shanahan's
0: just, gonna say, Oh, that's cool. Here it comes. Watch yeah. this.
1: <laughs> well, you know how you know what the business is, we have to generate interest, we have to make it sound sure. like more than it is. Um, and Joe Berry's defense, they're getting their, you know, they're getting some guys back. They've been actually quite a bit more effective in the last two weeks of the regular season and in the playoff game. Because Dak had big numbers, but it was all when you know the game was basically over yep. and the Packers were like putting UPS drivers on the field on defense. <laughs> um yeah, I, I, it's <clears throat>
0: There's I a might. large difference between, you know, yeah. the defense getting better against a Mike McCarthy coach team than a Kyle Shannon. Well, Stanley I was going to say your player.
1: article on the Packers' young weapons uh, this morning that we put up on yeah. Touch Wire was excellent. You said there's a bit of a difference between Mike McCarthy <laughs> offense and Kyle Shannon. I, I thought that was yeah. very generous of you to say that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was d- – the part of saying there's a little difference that was doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms yep. of uh, the the difference between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy.
1: And that defensive improvement was against the Vikings and their 12th quarterback, the Bears, yeah. and, that only goes, and, you know, the Packers, the Cowboys just, you know, McCarthy in their way out of the playoffs. So um, they've played the fifth most single high coverage in the league. Uh yeah, the, They've also, uh, they've also so.
0: only blitzed on 22.4% of dropouts yeah. That's near the bottom of the league. They remind me a little bit – you can you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong – a little bit of their style of play reminds me a little bit of the Ed Donatel Vikings of last year, where they're not going to pressure you because they can't. They have to play conservative. Um, they're a little they're, more
1: interesting. Ed was coming out of the Ray Rhodes 1994 playbook, which was bad.
0: Right. Um, but, like, uh,
1: you know, they – their their game plan is focused more on coverage than pressure. I think uh, Greg was telling me, God, Prescott had seventy dropbacks. Jesus, uh, yeah, they rushed, they rushed five or more on nine of Prescott's seventy dropbacks. Absurd. So that was a function of it. You know, they've got um, they've got a good front. You know, the yeah. front has been good all year. The linebackers are weird. Uh, I think their their secondary is coming together, and all of that is to say they're going to get boat raced. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because if you look at their um, how effective they've been in terms of preventing the deep balls, they've been one of the best deep ball preventers in the league this year. But it's the underneath stuff that I worry about with all these shallow windbreakers. And you know, if Debo yeah. gets it, can turn eight into twenty. If Brandon IU gets it, he can turn eleven into thirty. Like that's the biggest worry for me about the Packers going up against the number one offense in the league in, in San Francisco.
1: And it's a really specific problem against Brock Purdy because. Yes two things Brock Purdy does exceptionally well for such a young quarterback is if you try and do all that disguise and late movement stuff, he'll be like, okay, you've got that sonar. I know what you're actually doing guys. I know it's going to be cover one robber or whatever. You can move your guys around all you want. You're just making them tired. The other thing is he's such a good short to intermediate to deep anticipation thrower. It's not just like oh, I got a guy open on a slant, an RPO, so I'm gonna throw it here, or J- Jalen Hurts, I'm gonna throw it three steps behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many times this year I would be looking at Niners tape and watching Debo or Iuke or even Kittle running like a an in cut or you know some kind of dagger thing where he had a guy coming over the middle and he would throw it into tight coverage before the receiver even made his cut, and it would be like right in there, and not just right in there wide ass open, right in there right. like. The cornerback's hand is right here. I'm trying to catch the ball. And when I was 10 yards away, Purdy started his throw, and it was perfect. So he's a very – we can talk about the machinations of that offense and all the receivers and, you know, five guys that can line up anywhere and kick your ass, and that's all great. (laughs) But none of that works without Purdy. And I would say that of all the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan has ever had, he is the most perfect distiller of what Kyle wants to do on offense that Kyle's ever had. And I think, you know, I, when he came in last year, one of the first things Kyle said about what's different with Purdy over Garoppolo and uh, Kyle wasn't shy about it. He said, well, now we have a deep passing game and they're, yeah. they're a vertical passing game. They, they, they like to run outside. They like to hit you between the numbers between the seams even. And a lot of that is that it, it you know, when we get to Jared Goff, we'll talk about those inbreakers, breakers with Goff is awesome at, but right. uh, you know, you need those anticipation throws to have an, a successful vertical intermediate offense in, 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 and passing game, and they've got that.
0: I could see this game going very similar to how Seahawks 49ers went last year in the playoffs, where Seattle keeps it close in the first half. Everybody's like, Okay, all right, Seattle, we, we see you. And then in the second half, I could see the 49ers winning like 39 to like 20, something crazy. It's like one of those
1: exhibition boxing matches, like when uh, in Rocky 1, when uh, they're kind of dancing around, and Rocky hits Creed and knocks him down for the first time in Creed's career, and Creed's like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to start the Haymakers.
0: Right. Like. Going to the uh, the Sunday games, uh, I was watching uh, Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier on the FTN. Uh, My guys! Today. Absolutely. Love them to death. Uh, Aaron Schatz is like, by the way, don't forget that this game's happening because no one seems to care about Buccaneers Lions. I uh, care. Dang it. Absolutely. Uh, the Buccaneers six and a half point dogs coming off, which is a slaughter of the Philadelphia Eagles, where really? Baker Mayfield became the first Buccaneers quarterback in history to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a playoff game. Uh Crazy! I think that Tom Brady never did that. That's apparently,
1: fascinating. That Brady... Right?
0: That's that's what I would say. I could have. If I you mean, God,
1: between to... him and Trent Dilfer, I... jeez.
0: Yeah, I mean, the two two of the the finest playoff quarterbacks have ever had. Johnson,
1: I'm sorry, I was confusing my early 2000s uh bad. Placeholder quarterbacks for Super Bowl winners. My apologies. Whoever was
0: drafted by the Bucks, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, they've still had the creamsicle uniforms, I think, his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Steve there you go. Yeah. The Buccaneers have always had apparently a, a lovely eye for quarterbacks. Um, the Detroit Lions coming off of by far the most competitive game of wildcard weekend where they yeah. sent their former quarterback Matthew Stafford packing. Um, the difference in that game was. The Lions finished in the end zone when they got to the red zone, and the Rams settled for field goals a lot. Yep. Um, and the Lions got their stars involved early and often. Like for Detroit, they're so fascinating to me because you know who's going to kill you, and they don't care that you know they are still going oh, to no. do it.
1: No. Well, I found it fascinating the last the last functional play of that game, and you know. I, Dan Campbell saying after the game in the locker room, hey, Jared Goff, you're good enough for effing Detroit. (laughs) It's nice when coaches say that, but you remember before the three kneel downs, um, they had to get a first down to end the game. And they didn't run the ball. They said, all right, Jared, we're going to trust you to hit St. Brown on uh, on the little uh, slant. And that's... So coaches will say a lot of things. They will tell you what they really think of their players by what those players are allowed to do on the field. Um, Goff is absolutely dialed in and it, this is a tale of two quarterbacks these are my notes um going back to the week six game uh mayfield completed 19 and 37 passes for 206 yards no touchdowns one interception it pass rating 56.8 his not worst great. game of the season he was frequently this was like all the bad baker stuff mixed into one game he speeding up in the pocket when he was hurried or not didn't throw with good base fundamentals and he threw off platform more than he needed to which led to a lot of incompletions against uh, tight coverage. There's a wide open shot he had to Trey Palmer with two minutes left in the first half that he overthrew by a couple yards. Would have been an easy touchdown. And that was a deep over from the slot against cover four. Palmer just, because Palmer's their best vertical guy. Uh yeah. beat Kirby Joseph over to the top. That was done. Um, he was pressured on thir- 13 of his 41 dropbacks in that game, completed two of 10 passes for 17 yards and a sack. He is better in all of those ways than he was in that game and he's really come on lately but that's something to watch and that's that's one side of the ball the other side of the ball is Todd Bowles threw everything he possibly could at Goff and Goff just went yep okay let's <laughs> five or more rushers uh you know how many times against five or more rushers Goff threw the ball 16. you know how that's- many
0: If you say 16, I'm going to be a little bit surprised. That's absurd.
1: 16 against five or more edge rushers. Goodness Uh, gracious. Six or more, three of three. So, and when we say blitz, you know, I want to differentiate between like five man fronts, like a bear front. That's not a blitz. Like a four man front with a linebacker or a safety. If you're sending five guys and one of those guys is a non lineman, uh, specifically against a quarterback, not a mush or a right. But, not anyway.
0: running that you know that that old bear's look basically
1: right so uh and you know <laughs> and a lot of a lot of single had two high looks and they kind of did the same thing over and over. but every time they did that golf just went oh, that's cute. bang. <laughs> so based on week six, the quarterback advantage is not decisively murderously in Detroit's mm. advantage. Now Bakers played well but there's that little uh, kind of oddly coiled spring in the machine that you, just, yeah. you never know. And I, Hey, I'm the biggest Baker Stan of all time. Have been since you are, I love him. I, I love random <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, we all have these sort of uh, like, I love short defensive tackles. I love random quarterbacks. I love big safeties. I don't know. I'm just weird.
0: I, anyway. I think Baker Mayfield is uh, how do I best describe Baker Mayfield? He is what would happen if, like, Jeff George panned out. Does that make sense? Like, In terms of their personalities, they yeah. that, that's who he reminds me he's of. He's a I don't tough
1: know. guy. He's a hard worker. His teammates in any of his stops will tell you that, that he's not yeah. what he seems. He's not this jackass. He's really, you know, <laughs> just. But, you know, uh, yeah, 16 of 16 on uh, – five or more rushers, more screens. And this is something to, because when the Bucks do blitz, they'll also frequently drop their linebackers. And over and over and over, if it wasn't a screen, it was the void between the line and the linebackers. There was always a crosser or a or, or mesh or someone coming in, you know, linebacker on a release route. By the way, Jameer Gibbs didn't play in that game and he's playing in yeah. this one. So yeah. I don't think
0: Brian, I don't think Brian Branch played in that game either.
1: Uh, may, maybe not. And that guy's good too, but he's terrific. You know, Bowles really has to watch out. I would play this more static if I were him. You can't you can't get tricky with Goff. Say what you want about Goff. Uh, above the neck, he's as good as anyone. And he mm-hmm. really, he he kicked their ass. And, and Bowles had one of his most creative games of the season. It just didn't matter.
0: I think that there was a worry about the Lions at one point this year, like around Thanksgiving when they lose to Green Bay and then they take that big lead against New Orleans and then the Saints almost come back and then they lose by two scores to Chicago. I think everybody's like, okay, what the hell are the Lions? Like, are they really going to be this team? And then, you know, they finish off the year really strong. You know, they beat the hell out of Denver. They beat Minnesota. They should have beat Dallas. And I think that wildcard weekend was the best long-term booking of ball don't lie for that game yeah. know, just looking at how things went for dallas and how they went for detroit and then they beat minnesota and then uh now coming off the win against the rams um just offensively we know how good detroit is in terms of their play calling and in terms of their personnel sam laporta has been an all pro caliber tight end this yeah. season you know that montgomery and uh gibbs i think who uh i don't know who did it i think it might have been nfl fashion advice who called uh uh, gives and Montgomery, Sonic, and Knuckles, and I thought that was a fun little uh, fun little nickname for them. Yeah. Uh,
1: By the way, real quick, uh, and uh, this doesn't surprise me, that offensive sort of lull uh, was about the time that center Frank Ragnar was inactive. Ah. That's I a lot. That makes sense. That's probably the best center in the league.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, defensively, though, they have gotten so much better since last year where they were in the bottom of the league in nearly every defensive category. I'd have to go right. and look. Detroit, I mean, yes. Yep. Um, and they've had so many different guys, obviously. Um, yep. Aleem McNeil has been a big part of that. Aiden Hutchinson's played really well. Like Kirby Joseph on the back end. Um, they spent a lot of money in the secondary, but I think it was more the front four that was the biggest story of their defense this year, just really stepping up.
1: Yeah, they're playing well at linebacker, and they'll run uh, five-man fronts blitz with Jack Campbell, who's a two-level guy. Um, this is like we call Micah Parsons a linebacker when he plays two snaps at linebacker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Campbell will play linebacker, and then... When he's an edge in the five-man front, they so have Anzalone and they'll bring in other guys to, to cover that. Yeah, injuries have not helped. Uh, Gardner Johnson is yeah. <laughs> back and mouthing off about guys who weren't on the field all
0: season. That was so – that just goes back to Baker Mayfield where he's like, yeah. yeah, Russell Gage hasn't played for us this year. Maybe you should watch a little bit more tape, pal. Yeah.
1: Um, there are so injuries have made them a little corner light. It's good that Garner Johnson, because all joking aside, he's a really good player. He's very good. Um, but that is where they can be attacked. They cannot be attacked in the run game. Now the the Buccaneers have a volume run game, but I don't think they're gonna neither one of these, because when you look at the Bucs, they got Vita Vea and now Kalijah Canty, who oh my god, the way he played against the Eagles, he had one run stop uh for zero yards where he did two jump cuts like Uh, that was was the thing with
0: him literal uh, catchwalker
1: jump cuts like how in the hell do you do that
0: that was was the big thing about him coming into the league was like okay this dude's a freak and he's fast and he's athletic and he's he's definitely shown up for them um uh,
1: with even with Gibbs playing I would not expect either team to be really successful
0: in their run games I'm excited about this game I think it has a chance I'm to very make about this
1: game because you got ben johnson and dave canales two of the best ocs in the league Absolutely. I, it's, gonna it's gonna be really cool
0: it'll just be fun. fun
1: just fun schematically fun
0: now the meat and potatoes of the weekend patrick mahomes josh allen meet again in the playoffs first time in buffalo um yep. the bills did rule out several players including no gabe davis yep. no taylor Rapp, uh no balan specter to be determined on Terrell Bernard. Uh, Sean McDermott said that he hasn't ruled him out yet. They're, he's basically going to be a game-time decision by the sounds of it. If they don't have Terrell Bernard, I'm worried if I'm the bills. Well, well uh,
1: Questionable yesterday were Benford and uh, Rasul Douglas and Teron Johnson.
0: Christian, Christian Benford also ruled out, by the way, so no Christian oh, Benford. Geez. Yeah. So wow. they're really going to have to lean on – So they got to you
1: know, put Johnson outside then.
0: That's – well, unless they bring back Kyrie Elam again. And yeah, it could be. So if they want to keep Johnson in the slot – keep Kyrie Elim on the outside to, you know, be able to balance with Russell Douglas, then cool. But even if that's the case, like I'm, I'm very worried if there's no Terrell Bernard there, because then Travis cause is going to be like, okay, I'm going to have 14 catches on 18 targets. And there's no, well, we can to stop see
1: we say that every other year, but I guess so. Um, never, <laughs> never underestimate the power to uh, revert when Matt Nagy is running your offense.
0: You know what? I think that that is the great equalizer in this game. Yes. Like, if that's the case, it's
1: like you never, never like play cards against a guy with the name of a city and all the, all the other. Never what? trust. Never mind. I'm. It's early. I'm. I need more coffee. Anyway, pr- resume. I, I don't even know. I
0: didn't even know where I was going there. I, I don't either. But you, you, you seemed. I, I was going to let you take control there for a minute. Um, oh, I veered right off the road. I will say this about the Chiefs: obviously, their offense hasn't been what we've been accustomed to over the past few years. But in the final few weeks of the regular season, and then um, last week against Miami, they've really leaned into "Okay, Rasheed Rice, you're going to be our offense, and yep. if we can get you the ball, uh, intermediate over the middle, we're going to do that more." And they have done that more. Um, the thing with with them that you know will continue to worry me is you know is it going to come down to Marquez has about a scantling having to make a play. Is it going to come down to Kadarius Tony? Like, is it like if neither team can run the ball well, because I think going into last week, the thing with the bills defense was we're not going to let the Steelers run the ball. They've been running the ball really well. We're not going to let them. We'll make the, uh, the skill guys beat us. We'll make Mason Rudolph beat us. Obviously there's a large difference between Patrick Mahomes and Mason Rudolph, but there is also a great discrepancy with the Chiefs' skill position guys right now. Um, The Chiefs are two and a half point dogs. You couldn't pay me to bet on this game in terms of the spread. I have no idea where this is going to go. Well, it Um, could
1: be the same weather. uh, Orchard Park was basically closed. There's supposed to be another lake, you know, lake snow event this weekend.
0: I think they're calling for 17 degrees is the uh, expected game time temperature. I don't know about uh, the snow. 17
1: with no wind is fine. 17 with wind is like.
0: That's going to suck.
1: Uh Travis Kelsey was on with, uh, of course, Jason Kelsey on the New Heights podcast. He was saying mm-hmm. when it's cold like that, it's like you can't even function. You just mm-hmm. you go on autopilot. And it doesn't matter when it's so cold that the wind or no wind doesn't matter. It just it makes everything very different for you. Right. It's kind of a non-functional football game where it's you're just trying to survive it.
0: And going, I mean, for them, I mean, this has got to feel like a summertime change going from a minus 30 to, to 17. Yeah. They're going to be out there, you know, mm-hmm. laptops, and yeah, it's going to be a beach party in Orchard Park. Someone's
1: um, going to go out there with, like, a, a wife beater on pre, pregame. And then why can't I feel my arms? Jeez, I don't yeah,
0: know. anyway. <laughs> I, I think the thing with the Bills, though, too, is they've leaned more into their run game since Joe Brady took over sure. as offensive coordinator. Uh, James Cook is – James Cook quietly one of the uh, – I can't remember where. I think he finished third in terms of total scrimmage yards behind Christian McCaffrey and Tyree Kill. At least he was there at one point. He was
1: this is another team since Brady took over. They they run a lot of four strong. That four strong thing I was talking about. Now Spags plays a lot of uh two high. Um, you know, he's he's another he's very amorphous. You never know. And I by the way, uh that defense, if it wasn't for Spags, I don't think the Chiefs would be in the playoffs at all.
0: It's been such an influx for them or an inverse of what we've been accustomed to. Um, And it's a credit to Brett Veach and the entire front office because you look at all these guys of Sneed, McDuffie, Karloftis, like these are all homegrown guys. Well, they went
1: young a couple of years ago with a purpose and it's really
0: turned out. It absolutely has. Um, And now I think one of the key factors, maybe the key factor is how effectively can the Bills run the ball? Because the Chiefs have been really good at shutting down receivers this year. I think they've only allowed two number one receivers to have 100 yards receiving, and there were no two receivers in general to have 100 yards receiving. Uh, it was um, Josh Palmer. And who's the other one? I, the other one's escaping me in terms of who had 100 yards against them. I think it might have been Keenan Allen. Um, but regardless, they've been terrific against the pass. Um, uh, Matt Verderam, uh who, uh, big cheese guy over at uh, yeah. at, at, at SI, he, yeah, he, he was I on the show know, earlier sure in the week.
1: What was SI?
0: Sure. Sure. He he was talking to me earlier in the week. He's like, I promise you, Josh Allen is not like, this is not going to be a game where a lot of passing arts happen. I think it's going to be a really low scoring they game. He did
1: not play well in week 14. They, they, had, him, they had him mystified. And yeah. the thing about Legarius Sneed, who is their top corner, they have a lot of good young defenders. Their linebackers are very smart. Safety is good. Uh, Reed has been really good. But uh, Sneed... He is a number one matchup corner. He forced completions and in incompletions in the second half to five different Dolphins receivers, mm. which you don't usually see. And he's a traveler. He will play left, right, and right slot. So it's not like, oh, we can move away from him. The other thing, and I've talked to Greg about this a number of times, and he said it, and it was another thing where someone says something, you're like, oh, i got to look that up and start watching some tape. Mm. I think it's true. We think of Stefan Diggs, great receiver, but we think of him as a guy who can you know test you at the second and third levels, he's not really that guy anymore um, outside of Hardy. Who's kind of a speed merchant kick returner guy. Yeah. Um, they don't really have anyone else. And the only guy who caught a deep pass from Josh Allen in week 14 was Hardy. He's really yeah. the only guy I need to worry about at like the third level. So Spags can do his coverage, can do his weird blitzing stuff. And you know, that's what he did in week 14 and, and they weren't really prepared with answers for that. Now that was right around the time of the OC switch. But it's not like the Bills are that much different. I mean, they run the ball a little bit more, a little, you know, it, it's better, but it's not like, oh, my God, you know, we're watching the tape from last week and we don't even know what the hell we're looking at. It's it's pretty similar because you have the guys you have. Right. Uh, the O-line, disadvantaged Bills. Receivers, possibly disadvantaged Bills, certainly against Snead. Um I would say running backs are a push. I love Pacheco. He just runs like he, he is a nasty, angry guy. Uh, I love
0: all the analogies that people make on about the way he runs. Like I saw somebody say like Isaiah Pacheco runs like he just got new shoes and he's trying to break them in. That one made me laugh. Like just so many different, just angry runner. He's very good.
1: Marshawn Lynch approved. So yes. that's, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't bet on the I don't bet on sports because I suck at it, but I would not bet on this game for anything.
0: And you brought up Stephon Diggs. Um, he was in a a lull for about a month, uh, yeah. starting, starting really with that Kansas City game uh, yeah. in Week 14. Four catches, 24 yards. The next week against Dallas, four catches, 48 yards. Granted, they ran for a trillion yards, so they weren't really looking to throw the right. ball, so that's fine. Uh, against the Chargers, five catches, 29 yards. That was the game that Gabe Davis had like eight catches for like a buck 30 or something crazy like that yeah. where he just went off. Against a
1: real garbage defense and it's like right. you're throwing at Davis instead of Straub, that's it. Or uh, yeah. Davis instead of uh uh god.
0: <laughs> digs, digs. <Hello.
1: laughs> a lot of stuff in my head today.
0: It's okay. And then against New England he had four catches for 26 yards. So that is four consecutive games of five or fewer catches, four consecutive games of 48 or fewer yards. He broke out against Miami had 7 for 87 and against Pittsburgh had 7 for 52. Um, not having Gabe Davis, who, I mean, he's been a chief's killer in the past. And when he's, when he's on, he's on, um, he's also a good run blocker. They're going to have to rely on Trent Shurfield a little bit more for that this week. I, I really don't know where to lean with this. Um, the, the
1: chiefs, yeah, I'm leaning chiefs for two reasons. Uh, the, the touchdown pass to Rasheed Rice against the dolphins where they ran sort of a mesh and sort of clear out crossers. And it was the first really creative thing I'd seen the Chiefs do in the passing game for like three months. Mm -hmm. And it was set up by – I'll be writing about this this week. Um, The first pass Mahomes threw, which was also an 11-yard throw, this time to Kelsey, where they kind of did the same thing and they got the tendencies and they went, oh, we can do this again. So a little Uh, more creativity. Pack pack that with the Bills injuries. Yeah. You know, it's it's not weather advantage for – either team. I think the chiefs pull it out close.
0: I think the, uh, the Josh Allen was play, like
1: Matt Milano was there and, right. and Rasul Douglas came over and I've always liked Rasul Douglas. He's been so good for them this year.
0: He's if been was, a giant like, game changer.
1: Everyone healthy. I might say Bills by a touchdown because I have no faith in the chiefs offense at all, but I think where, where things are, uh yeah, you know, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things, Mahomes doing doing Mahomes things. I think we know how that's always sort of turned out.
0: I think the uh the inner Josh Allen boy in me just really wants to finally see them get over that hump. Uh, especially like it's in yeah. Buffalo now. Like you've got the the crowd behind you for the first time in the playoffs against these guys. Like if they can't beat this iteration I understand the injuries and whatnot, but if they can't beat this iteration of the Chiefs, I think that there's going to that's that's a funeral if they lose that game. That is yeah, that, that
1: might be uh, consequences and ramifications thereof, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think, as well, whoever wins this game is representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Could be. Oh, I oh think
1: wait, 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 wait. Oh, really? I think so. I I, think Baltimore's a missed team in football.
0: I think that there's something to say for uh, if the chiefs get there obviously to the AFC championship game i'm not going to be surprised whatsoever just cuz they've done it for five straight years now it won't surprise me yeah. and i think there's something to you know whoever wins this is going to be really feeling themselves and it's just that you know unstoppable object meeting you know an immovable force or whatever the hell the analogy is but uh, i think yeah whoever wins this in my opinion i think comes out of the AFC
1: i think the ravens are going to be waiting for either team that is feeling themselves like Polly and Goodfellas. Polly didn't move because Polly didn't have to. <laughs> Polly was already number one.
0: He's just cigar.
1: All right. Hi guys. Let's go.
0: Terrific, terrific analogy. Top five movie. For Better than months. my
1: last one. Jesus. <laughs> hey,
0: it was a good rebound. Great. It rebound. was from
1: the Princess Bride. Never go, you know, when death is on the line, whatever. Just never have Matt Neggy call your offense. I could just simplify it to that.
0: I've never seen is, is Andre the Giant in the Princess Bride. Is that the movie, oh, you've movie never though? seen the Princess Bride. I've never seen the Princess Bride. Now. Oh wow, you need to do that. Uh, I might. I, the, there's uh, I, I, I'm more I know aware everyone of it
1: as it's great, but it's one of those movies where everyone says it's great and it actually is.
0: I'm only like really like super aware of it because I'm a, I'm a wrestling nerd and there's like so many Andre stories on set okay. there. Oh yeah. So yeah. All right. Is it streaming anywhere? Should I like actively uh, seek it out?
1: You should seek I'm, that
0: out. Okay. I might make that. Sure
1: if you're just jittery waiting for the games to start because they're later games, give it a shot. So, uh,
0: a Saturday morning Princess Bride watch? I would say. Yeah. I okay. would say. Good stuff. All right. Doug Ferrar, what do you got uh, coming on Touchdown Wire?
1: All kinds of tape stuff from the podcast with Greg Cosell, which went up yesterday and is uh, streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and blowing up on YouTube. Thanks, everyone. Uh, engagements <laughs> are improving, and uh, we like that. From and me. obviously, Barry Warner will be doing all sorts of stuff in game. Uh, Jarrett has a piece on the Packers, which is, yes, um, I don't know, I don't know if we're gonna do uh power rankings because there'd be four teams, yeah. I mean, we'll, there's
0: only gonna be we'll four teams out. left. I was gonna ask you about that, If you yeah. You. We'll
1: probably we'll figure out something else,
0: okay? Lovely, yeah. Jarrett
1: working on something else that I will not have time to do, so I panned it off to him like any you know <laughs> shitty editor would, and uh, that's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, so go check out my uh, my Packers piece. Um if you like the movie Young Guns, you'll like the the piece a lot. Um and then I had
1: uh, Blaze of Glory by Bon Jovi in my head for 2 hours Yeah, that yeah, I, really that, yeah, I know. That at that,
0: all. That's the movie that plays at the end of Young Guns too. That's why I used it. Yeah. See? So, so, you
1: have to understand. I have had I, I have been a musician most of my life. I have music in my head all the time. There's a it, it seriously, there's a there's a name for it. And that was 2 hours of that. I had a Metallica my way out of that one, my friend.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. I'm not like the biggest Bon Jovi guy, but I loved that song just because uh, my dad and I used to watch Young Guns 2 a lot when I was a kid, and I would there always play go. at the end. So nice. Big fan of that. And a big fan of you, my friend. I always appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. We'll be back after the Division Around a Preview Conference Championship weekend. Doug Ferrari, mm-hmm. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you to All everybody right. for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.